Hello, hello, everybody. Well, it's Monday, October 15th, and this has been a really exciting week already. I'm not sure if you saw my post on my Facebook page, but I won the 2018 Innovation Award from the American Dance Therapy Association because of this podcast and, of course, because of all your support. So I'm just really excited and blown away by, you know, the cheers that I heard from the video as Christina Devereaux accepted the award for me and by all your comments on my post letting me know how much I deserve this because I have to remind myself that as well and just sending me your well wishes. So thank you so much. So yeah, I'm not sure where the future of this podcast is going to go past 100 episodes, but We'll see, and my journey of innovation is expanding, and I'd like to extend an invitation to you for my 30th birthday tomorrow. For 30 people, I want to give 30-minute taster dance therapy sessions online for $30, and this offer is available until the end of birthday week, which is this Sunday, October 21st. This taster session is for you if you want to stop snapping at the little tiniest things that your partner does, knowing that it's not really you snapping, but it's the trauma from your past abusive relationship of any kind. Even if you have been in therapy for years and you're still not feeling a shift, come try the taster session and feel the shift, feel a shift that may take years and years in therapy that you could just get a little taste of in 30 minutes. Send me an email at orit.dmt at gmail.com to grab your spot. All right, let's jump into today's episode. It's audio only because Marie and I had this awesome conversation months ago and I'm finally publishing it. But what I love most about this conversation is that By the end, we just kept talking about all these things we had in common, like all the struggles we have being dance therapists, even though I'm in the American Dance Therapy Association, which has thousands of people, and she is a founder of the Dance Therapy Association of Chile, which has uh, like under 20 people. And still, you know, we face similar struggles in these different countries. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's pretty validating to hear that. I think probably for, for you, if you're in a different country and for me and and for other people living in the U S because these struggles can get pretty frustrating and it's nice to know we're not alone. So anyway, I hope you enjoy. This is Mind Your Body, a dance movement therapy perspective on the integration of our emotional, cognitive, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being into one more aware and whole existence. My name is Maria Jose Sendra. I'm a psychologist and a dance movement therapist. I'm Chilean. I live in Chile, South America. And I'm uh, the spoken person of the Chilean Professional Association of Dance Movement Therapy, ADMT Chile. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask when or how was dance movement therapy first founded in and practiced in Chile? See, well, the, the formal records we have, you know, because we know like back in the 80s, uh, one of our members did her thesis in dance in the University of Dance Therapy, but in, in a very intuitive way. Now, uh, nowadays, it, we've been meeting informally from since 2009, but we became a professional association in 2012. Wow. So we can say that since 2000, diverse professionals, female professionals, uh, came back from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, España, Spain, they had their training there, and then they we came back and began working here and trying to make dance movement therapy visible and a treatment choice in Chile. Mm-hmm. At first, we wanted just to talk and get to know each other and share this passion of of movement in in a therapeutic in therapeutic context, and then we began to feel that we needed more structure, uh, a formal structure. So this idea of being association and that from from then till nowadays, more members are coming and more people are having this professional training in other parts of Latin America because to, there's no uh, professional training yet in Chile. We offer workshops, courses, but still, we don't have a professional training of at least you mm-hmm. know, 600 hours mm-hmm. that could be defined as a, as a career of dance movement therapy for us. Gotcha. So yeah, we new. are pioneers here. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really new. How many are you? We are uh, 13 professional members, active members. Uh, that we have uh, ended and complete our professional training. And there are other 12 members that are in the process of becoming a dance movement therapist. There are also other members that are not in the training, but that like, love, support movement, and they want to join our organizations and be part of it and be part of the movement spaces that we organize and the group studies that we have so some people from the art therapies also can join us or psychologists or dancers that just want to know more but still don't know they want to become mm-hmm. a dance movement therapist yeah it's pretty but small <laughs> 13 yeah yeah and we began being just 10 10 members well, you got to start somewhere <laughs> exactly where do you practice dance therapy in Chile and how is it generally viewed by other mental health professionals? Well, being pioneers means that uh, we have to explain people what DMT is about. Uh, first, we have to explain people what is this about. And at first, many people ask. Is it yoga? Is it like yoga? Uh, is it meditation with movement? It's like biodanza, biodance. Yeah. In Latin America has a huge um, development. Um, and 
plenty time many times words do not are not enough to explain it but still we are all these years we are we've been trying to explain what dance movement therapy is about what are their difference with dance therapy with educational dance trying to explain this difference and trying to find our identity also for mm -hmm. example how verbal language is also very important to us you know, that we offer these movement experiences but also the meanings the relationships the emotions and this opportunity to reflect about it to express them not only through movement also through language verbal language right i think that's what one, one important aspect of our identity as dance movement therapists uh, dance movement therapists in chile um, have spaces, some spaces, small spaces in public health, psychiatric uh, clinics also, uh, some community centers, private practices also, private groups, I would tell you, and, and also some spaces in academic, some academic spaces in the university to teach dance movement therapy or, or, or some aspect of dance movement mm -hmm. therapy. I would say that's those are the, the most important spaces where we develop nowadays. But still, there are a few re resources, a few programs, and not very specialized programs. Mm -hmm. So there's there's plenty of work to do. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if this is going to make you feel better or worse, but we have to explain our what we do all the time here, too. It's really... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm always surprised that I like the ratio of how many people I have to explain what dance movement therapy is. It never goes down. Like if I were to meet five new people in a day and I had already explained it four times to people, I would I would want to feel confident that this last person, the fifth person knows what it is and would be like, oh, that's really great. I've heard of it. But it's like it always surprises me how many people mm -hmm. still don't know. So I think that's probably a lifelong or career-long responsibility of dance movement therapists, at least in the near Ex future. <laughs> exactly. Also with colleagues, uh, with, with other professionals, you asked me about the support of, of our other mental health organizations. Well, last year, uh, an important event is that dance movement therapy uh, was included in the registry of alternative medicine, complementary medicine, such as, I don't know, Reiki or mm -hmm. Bach flowers or art therapy also, such as some um, creative therapies. But now, it, so in the future, it's going to be part of the list so part of the therapies that people could have access and information in some public public spaces, public context, we hope so. Mm. So we were invited to be to participate in this dialogue and we had to create material to support what we're doing in a theoretical way and also in a language that people could understand what we're doing. So that's great. That's great for us yeah. to be part of this process and and to to make our discipline more visible and to 
make it more valid to validate our profession also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what a dance therapy session looks like with any range of populations in Chile, how, you know, how it might look different than how we practice here in the U.S. So I don't know if you're, you know what it looks like here, but I'm just curious what it looks like there. Maybe we can talk about the differences and similarities. Exactly, exactly. I I was going to tell you that uh, we are also curious about Mm -hmm. how DMT works in the USA. We can identify what do we have in common and what's different about here, uh, well, we have a structure of the session, like the first part, the, like the check-in, like to, to check how am I, how is my body, how can I make it more present, and then uh, physical and psychological pre-training or training, and then the central part mm-hmm. where more freedom, where we work the objective of the session, and then the closure that could be through movement, through some gestures, through art, through words, verbal language. I would say that's the, the, the structure of our work. It can change, of course, because we know that DMT is flexible and that it considers all the elements that come up in spontaneously in the sessions. Right. Um, that's, right. that's one of the parts that I love of DMT, that possibility to have a structure and, and flexibility at the same time. Um we work in private practice, and that I think it changes. It depends on the professional. In my case, as a psychologist, it depends on the case, it depends on the patient, if the person wants to. But the, the, we, are, we live in our bodies, so we are always working with movement, uh, sometimes with more explicit experiences of movement, other times with more structure, other times just asking about breathing mm. or taking some important gesture that appears that it has its power and so we work with that potential and mirroring very important to, to us and we work very much in groups with groups so uh, in sessions that can have a length of an hour and a half till three hours a session can last three hours Yes, a oh, group wow. session could last three hours. See, that's in that part. That's said, new for you. I said, as far as I know, that is different. I don't know anyone who has a three-hour session. I'm amazed. Oh, okay. I'm amazed by that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> there, there's a part of me that's like, what would I do for three hours? <laughs> exactly. Well, it gives you in in our case. I I have a, a center of dance movement therapies therapy, which is called Vaiven, that emulates like the movement of the nature. Vaiven would be like that. Mm. Uh, and there we are working in sessions of three hours on Saturday mornings. And it gives you a lot of time to work each time, each part of each moment of the t- structure of the session. So for example, all the t- physical, psychical training of the first uh, we can work in in pairs, for example, and go and go beyond that. Well, we also can have a break right. in some at some point. And Basically. who would it like typically? Who is working with you in a three hour session? Because I imagine that takes a lot of 
stability and focus and uh, de- digging deeper, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, in, in other spaces, for example, in context of psychiatric problems, probably the sessions will be a lot shorter, 30 right. minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. It depends on, on the institutional context. In this case, just people like with no diagnosis, is that the word? Diagnosis? Yeah. yeah. Just uh, wanting to explore further. I mean, there's gotcha. self-awareness. Yeah. See? So it has to do with that kind of group. Mm-hmm. And in other, in, in other groups, working, I don't know, with gender-based violence, could be two hours, an hour and a half. And it also depends on the number of of people in the group for all the sharing part and all that. You know, so each person have, can have the time they need to reflect and explore. So it, there is, it's always the same amount of time. Well, in public institutions, it's mostly, and it, depending on the population, it could be from a half hour to 45 minutes to an hour. As far as the places that I've worked and um, which is only two different only one region so i don't know uh-huh. maybe, maybe there's there's something else i don't know about but it seems pretty uh consistent across the u.s and then what you i mean when you do private work you can make it as long as you want like yeah well this group that i'm mentioning for example it's private in a right. way we organize it it's our proposal right uh, in institutions probably two hours uh, an hour and a half in, in groups, individually, probably an hour. Mm. The three hours, like the, the length of the three hours sounds like more, more like a workshop to me. But that's... Exactly. Yeah. Um, see, see but, well, it is a workshop. It oh, is it a is. workshop. Yeah. Okay. See. But yeah. if everybody's, uh, again, I don't, I don't know across the... The states, but if everybody or most hospitals and institutions are overseen by um, the same regulatory body, then most of the time, you know, the the session length that's required is the same. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if anyone no, if anyone know like if anyone listening to this has a different experience, and I'm totally off, then just correct me and let let us know. Exactly. I know that some of my colleagues are working in some institutions where they have two hours to mm-hmm. work with patients. And even though sometimes we think it's too much for some populations, so, so for some groups, so probably we take a little bit longer to start and then a break a little bit longer. So that gave us, because we cannot work three hours or two hours moving all the time. Yeah, <laughs> no? yeah of course. So in terms of treatment choices, why, and, you know, in terms of treatment choices in your culture and maybe things that we wouldn't know about, why would somebody want to use or want to see a dance therapist as opposed to a, you know, a talk psychologist? See, see, well, when you ask me this question, makes me remember um, when the dance therapy began it was part of a social movement. So, well, in Chile, the last 20 years, 10 years, people uh, began to explore alternative treatment.
treatments. I mentioned before, like, or, or corporal body disciplines such as yoga. Everybody here practices yoga, for example. No, not everybody, but it's a very common see, um, discipline. But I think that the people in Chile wants to integrate their body, their sensations, their emotions to the context where they want to be helped. So there is an interest to explore further in the relationship between body, mind, emotions. That's why much or many people comes to our workshops, comes to our classes and courses at the university or in our private centers. So and also in patients, there is an interest to consider it. And there's also from my experience, from what I've seen in patients, that they have the um, tools to reconnect to themselves and also to assign meaning to their movement easier, more easily. I don't know how to yeah. say it. Uh, so I think that it's part of a um, desire to integrate themselves so, or to integrate ourselves. So it's not that strange if if I want to ask a patient what meaning do you assign to your neck pain or to your stomach pain mm. that's not that what are you talking about I'll probably say well I think this has to do with my history I think this has to do with my relationships mm. and and so it's impressive how people many times are not looking for dance movement therapy and they just find these professionals who have this training and in some way they let them be guided into movement. Hmm. In other cases, people just are looking for dance movement therapists. Sometimes patients come to me because they say, I want to work with my body. I want to include my body in this process of healing. But many times, People are not that conscious and they are just looking for a safe space. And I think that our work with no judgment mm -hmm. and really considering small details that has to do with a more sensitive approach also makes a difference in my experience. Yeah. And they might not be able to find that elsewhere in Chile. Exactly. Yeah. Now with less confrontation, just trying to explore and freely associate movements and symptoms. I think that's, that's happening in our culture. So the spaces we offer, uh, for example, from AEDMT, we're usually receiving emails uh, from people who want to know more about courses, about workshops, about sessions. They want to have professional training in Chile. Some of they are still going to Buenos Aires, which is the nearest place to have this professional training. So they go there, they take courses with us because we are all also, uh, well, the members of the organization of the Professional Association of Chile have their own centers. Some of them are getting to the university and, and not yet having a professional training, but they are somewhere in the middle. 
we are also somewhere in the middle in our private centers and just trying to learn how to share what we know and being more um, strong, being feeling stronger about it. And I think that's giving us the opportunity to share it further. We also organize group studies and intervisions, like trying to change the supervision aspect and just to, to share together and also through movement. Uh, we also, well, we've seen that in the ADTA, you can be certified, board certified. Now, we, we are also beginning that process. Now, everyone bring their papers, their certificates, the hours they make, uh, trying to support the members uh, that are through the process to be motivated to end it, complete them. Um, so the idea is that later on we also can have you know, registered professionals that have the support of ADMT Chile and creating our ethic code. What would be some considerations or th- things to consider about what what should be different for for Chile? For example, uh, we've been talking about the hours that we need to be defined as a dance movement therapist. I imagine that the U.S. have more um, severe standards. Probably. I don't know. It's just my fantasy. Uh, for example, in Chile, well, well in, no, in Chile, in Argentina, uh, you have to, you get a six. 600 hours of training of dance movement therapies for us are enough. And here in Chile is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. When we think about uh, from AD&T to, to uh, have re- organize a professional training, we have to be able to give that amount of time. Is that because um, there's not as many opportunities to practice to get those hours? Exactly. 600 yeah. for us to cover. It's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. So, well, what about practice? How many hours of practice do a dance therapist need? And, and supervision. Right. We are in all that, the starting, beginning of that path. But we are very glad to do it. Because it means that more people here are starting to uh, be interested in be trained. Here in Chile in 2000, nobody knew about it. I remember some family members told me, like, what are you going to do? Are you moving to Argentina <laughs> to, to study dance therapy? Are you crazy? My psychologist, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, but, well, dance movement therapy is about intuition and, and to feel something that you know is right and, and other aspects come in the way, along the way. At first, the passion, we want to gather, be together. Then, later then, began all the process. Mm. All the Many times are not much fun, but are part of uh, giving a formal structure here. That's very important to us. So we have committees of public relations, of admission, of uh, movement spaces, intervention, group study. If you could have more support in one area with being a dance therapist in Chile, what would it be? Well, probably in mental health programs. That's where we need resources and to be able to get to 
to offer this alternative treatment as a choice in diverse programs such as depression, alcohol problems, gender-based violence, I don't know, well, we talk autism. Nowadays, I think that we work more like in context of very severe psychiatric problems, but there are many other important elements and context that DMT has no place in public and private spaces. So um, I share these questions with the board of the ADMT. So some of my questions also are answered by them. Mm -hmm. And I think that more specialized resources or resources to, so that DMT can be more specialized and we can also research in a more systematic way. I think that that would be great. Do you have grants, like some, uh, you can apply for a grant there? Some resources to apply? It's hard. It's hard nowadays. Um, not that I know, know that we know. Now it's just like some governmental offices that have some interest in movement and expression, and they just heard that there's some dance movement therapy, and if you're very lucky, <laughs> we go there and we do dance movement therapy, something like that. Mm. Like, so we hope that being part of the registry of the health public ministry could help us. There's just one program in Santiago that we know about that they are doing DMT with resources, working with pregnant women uh, in groups. That's a, a pioneer experience that we hope it could be later applied in other contexts. That would be great. But as you see, a lot of private practice in just some small spaces in some public health institutions or private institutions. So sometimes it's very frustrating, uh, but when we have an opportunity, we just go, go for it. <laughs> you just take um, it. Uh, they invite ADMT, for example, to the medicine school in the University of Chile last year. We went there with all of our <laughs> music and our like spirit, you know, guided by the pioneers dance therapist. And so where we... Where, whenever, wherever we can, we share DMT. But there's a lot to do. Lot to do. Yeah, I mean, the way I feel, the way I've always felt is that our work isn't very well known. But when people get introduced to it and experience it, it they realize how amazing it is and how powerful it is. And it's much harder to show that in words or to, um, you know, describe how great it is. And it's like, that's, mm. that's the hard thing is, is getting in and getting into places or having the opportunities to provide dance therapy to people. But then exactly. once, once you do, it's like, wow, this is amazing. You know, we need more of this. Exactly. Just the other day, a colleague of mine, remember when I had to cancel our interview because I had a, a job yeah. interview? It was of DMT, a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, because one of my colleagues six years ago went to a municipal office and just leave her curriculum. And they say, oh, this is very interesting. Uh, a disability office. Oh, 
this person, oh, that's for therapy, oh, let's see. They've been having a work a group for six years just for that action. Nice, yeah. And now I'm going to uh, replace her because, well, six years, a lot of time working with the same group of people. And so I'm going to take it from now on. The sessions are called movement and expression. But they wanted to be, they wanted that a dance movement therapist to replace it and, and do it. And so like that, that kind of thing is like very random. I don't know how to say it. Like, yeah. I mean, that's inspiring to know that a simple action like that can create, a, you know, that kind and, of opportunity. And patients also tell me that they are amazed when they, they realize that they, they can receive help from this perspective, from this approach. I think the patients always, not all patients, but many patients fall in love with dance therapy, but there's also a side that happens here that the staff or the professionals are uncomfortable with it and like uncomfortable with the looseness of structure and, you know, that it's not so behavioral or whatever, you know, their feelings are about it and they cut the program too. Which is like, you know, so unfortunate when that kind of thing happens. I mean, sometimes it's just money runs out, but it's there's also a discomfort. Even if it's not a matter of cutting the program or not, there's a lot of people who have um, discomfort with dance therapy who are coming from a much more structured and behavioral approach. Mm, I, I understand what you mean. Well... Our discipline also has, it's many times seen as something inferior, mm-hmm. not serious enough, mm-hmm. not intellectually enough, even though it is, even though it is, even though it has a, a, a huge theoretical support and base. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I brought to Chile um, a professor of mine. Um, she comes from Argentina. She has 40, 50 years working in art therapy and creative therapies. They come from some place which is called El Instituto de la Mascara, the, the Mask Institute. They work with psychodrama and masks and ooh, very, very powerful. She works in the University of Argentina for many years. And she told me that till nowadays, in, in some places, some places in the university, she's just in the hall and they say, oh, hi, you are the one who do that weird things. <laughs> Yeah, you're, like that, you're the, with that, with that non, non-verbal gesture. Yeah. Oh, that thing. You're that the thing you do. Fun, you're the fun. That thing group. with dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing with movement. That thing with with psychodrama. Oh, no? like. Yeah, my like my staff and I used to joke around. Like everyone was like, "Oh, you're the fun department," because we had a really good, a really great department. Um, everyone was really very, very smart, motivated, passionate, and just wonderful therapists. And so, yeah, we had really great groups uh, and we did really great work. But people would still say, you know, oh, you're the fun group. And it's like, yeah, it might look like we're providing an enjoyable therapy, but it's so much more than that. Exactly. And also values such as creativity, um, spontaneity. How do you say Spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Spontaneity. Um, values that are very important in our work and many times goes 
um, uh, challenging our context. Right. So that's one of the aspects that I love more about DMT, you know, how it began to, to um, provide movement or spaces to move in a safe way and with freedom when there's no possibility of that before DMT comes. You know, I think that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Many people do not give it the value that it has, but for me, that's amazing to reconnect to ourselves, to others, to move from how we feel, from how we think, not for prescriptions, just to be invited and guided. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing work. And I, I think the the lack of understanding or even the kind of little judgments about it, which I don't think are ill-attentioned, I think it's, you know, it's easy to be judgmental about it when you can't find your own spontaneity and your own creativity. And, you know, you have so much structure that the the looseness makes you uncomfortable and it makes, it brings, you know, stirs up things in, in you that aren't, you know, that haven't been met or that maybe mm. a part of you really wishes you could be more spontaneous or more creative. And, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's that, which that's huge. That's not mm. something that we as dance therapists can take a care of for other people. We only hope that we can inspire them to, you know, if they're open enough to become more of that or to join our groups and experience that for themselves mm-hmm. and, and be like, hey, that was actually really enjoyable. And hmm, maybe there's some way I can incorporate that into my life. Not that we're doing therapy for the the other staff or the other professionals, but it's a nice addition. You know, it's a nice little benefit if it happens. See, and, and what you are talking about reminds me, well, why so important our training and to move with ourselves. And that's why I, I love so much watching you moving because it's part of also, it's an essential part of our process. Oh, our rela- relationship with our body, with our movement first. Yes. Yeah. I really and want to inspire. be connected to that creativity and to give it a it value so that we can help people, um, to learn how to play with themselves, how to play with their connections. I think that's also very important. It is. Um, now, it, it seems to me that now we are talking about the elements that we have in common. <laughs> that's true. You know, from here to there. That's true. And me, I don't know if this is um, what you're talking about now, if this happens for the dance therapist that you are associated with, that you have relationships with, but with me personally and a lot of people I know and people that I've supervised, they fall out of touch with dance because we dance as, you know, as the tool to provide and connect with our clients and it's work. And then it becomes hard to separate that into how can I dance for myself for fun and to enliven my own personal spontaneity, creativity, and just for me. And I, personally didn't dance really for almost the entire time I became a dance therapist. So 
the videos that you're seeing now is like an awakening oh. for me. It's it, I started moving a lot more 10 months ago. So I, I do, I want to inspire people not to lose touch with that as hard as it may seem to, uh, it is hard. Yeah. It is very hard. I, I'll tell you that I became a mother of a year and a half. So I'm, I'm craving, as you said in, in your post, I'm, I'm craving <laughs> for movement <laughs> and dance and looking some programs now too. Yes. And well, and that's also why in ADMT, um, we offer spaces. Some spaces are open to the community and others are just for us. That, that's something very important in our association to have others, other friends, other colleagues that you can talk about, that you can share concerns and difficulties in the process and frustrations and achievements. Yeah. And that's also part of our spirit as, a, as an association to be together, to share, to dance together also. So when we had to do the dirty work, as you said, some <laughs> Some members say, but we are not dancing. And we were like, yes, but we have to go to the Ministry of Education and we have to go here and we have to hand in that paper and that the board meets at least once a month and also the, the committees. And so the last assembly, we had a moment of movement before the meeting, before the formal meeting. So that's yeah. very important to, to remind, that to, as you said, and it's easy to forget. I think that's great. You know, like, yeah, if you have to do more intellectual work to at least have this ritual of starting with movement and ending with movement, even if it's just eye contact or something like that, something that's more embodied. See, see, exactly, exactly. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm very glad to finally meet you. And also to try to express our, I don't know, support and energy to continue with this process to make DMT more visible. So yeah. I also appreciate the work you do because that helps us all. Thank you.